good morning. It is good to be together this morning to worship. We'd like to say welcome. We're glad you're here, and uh, we want to join our hearts together at this time in prayer. Lord, we do thank you for the many blessings that you give us, and Lord, we thank you for Lord, the ability to be able to come this morning together as your people in your presence, Lord, to worship you and to lift high the name of Jesus. Lord, I pray that this morning everything that is said, done, sung, played, Lord, would be for your glory and your honor. And Lord, that you would, uh, Lord, challenge us, empower us, and help us to um, go out of here and do what you've called us to do, and that is share the love of Christ with this world. Uh, so, Lord, we give this service to you now, and we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to continue right on with worship uh, with If We Are the Body. Continue worship with the only name. Yeah. 
At this time, Chandler is going to come and read our corresponding scripture. If y'all would stand for the reading of the word. 
Psalm 111, 9 through 10 says, He sent redemption to his people. He has commanded his covenant forever. Holy and awesome is his name. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. All those who practice it have a good understanding. His praise endures forever. It is good to be uh, able to be together today. And as we come into our time of uh, focusing on the missions of the church, and we do have a few things uh, to uh, mention this morning. Um, the mission trip to West Virginia is coming up uh, very soon on July 23rd through 29th. Uh, and there will be a meeting on July 9th at 3 o'clock um, for those who, who are going to uh, that trip. Um, so take note of that. Um, that will be in Lewisburg, West Virginia. Um, and uh, please be in prayer for this trip as we'll be going and uh, doing VBS, uh, doing some construction work there, as well as uh, canvassing the community uh, for the uh, church that is there. Um, so be in prayer that the Lord would work through that and that we would be able to uh, share the love of Christ um, on that trip. Again, that meeting for that is uh, on July 9th at 3 o'clock. Um, also, today we started back our um, Sunday School Assembly time, um, which will be every week at 8.45 right here in the sanctuary, um, a time to go over the prayer list and, and other announcements um, for the church. And particularly, we want to um, be kingdom-focused and kingdom-minded in our prayers, so we want to pray for those um, in our community, not only who are sick, but those who need the Lord. So um, come ready to pray um, for, for not just the sick, but for the lost as well. Um, and for the mission of the church. And uh, speaking of the mission of the church, on July 30th, um, which will be a student-led worship service, we will also have a ministry-focused service where we will uh, have the opportunity to get plugged in um, to the different ministries here at the church. We will highlight um, all the ways that we can serve um, the Lord through uh, Piney Grove Baptist Church. And would like to ask uh, everyone in our church family to be praying um, where God would have you to serve. Um, God has called us all to be on mission and all to uh, serve in accomplishing the calling of the church. Um, so be in prayer where God would have you to serve. And on July 30th, we will be highlighting um, those ministries of the church. And then finally, um, family night is this week. Um, Wednesday, we will be having a meal together as well as our WMU and our missions groups. And uh, we will be meeting together for that uh, at 6 o'clock on Wednesday. So uh, we look forward to serving the Lord together and worshiping together there. Um, a couple of uh, announcements for student uh, ministry. Um, two things just real briefly. Um, we had a great week this week at Centric Kid with our students. I have a couple pictures there. And um, we'll have a slideshow for that uh, together for next Sunday um, where you can kind of see the story of uh, what happened at, at camp. Uh, but it was a really good week uh, at uh, Chowan University. And as I said this morning in the assembly time, when we first got there, the food was kind of, eh, you know, like this, right? Um, compared to other centric kids, Maddie says no, but uh, uh, for the adults at least, we were kind of like, eh. But, uh, and I was almost like, I don't know if we'll come back to, to Chowan or not. But then as the week got longer and longer and longer and it got closer to Friday by Friday, and I was like, only an hour to go home, we're coming back to Chowan. So uh, it was a good, but it was a good week. It was a really good week. And we're thankful that Chowan hosted us. Um, as, as you probably know, earlier in the year we were planning on going to Barton, and uh, that week fell through. Central Kid could not do um, the camp there, and Chowan um, was gracious to allow Central Kid to come, and they will be hosting it there in the future. So we had a great week, and we'll talk more about that next week. Um, also, kind of on that note, uh, we'll be heading to Elmfuge um, with our teenagers. We'll be leaving a week from tomorrow um, at 5.45 a.m. So be in prayer for our teens as we go um, to serve the Lord, to, uh, to grow in our faith, but also to serve the Lord through serving the people of um, Greenville, South Carolina, and that area. So be in prayer for us as we go there. And then finally, um, again, just like I said last week, um, we have one of our own who is a staffer at Fuge Camps. You can see Shane there um, right in the middle um, of his group there. And uh, be in prayer for Shane as he continues to uh, serve the Lord um, through leading at Fuge Camps. And there's an address, an address in 
uh, his, uh, or I mean, in the bulletin. Um, please send him a letter, a card. I know he will, he will appreciate it. Jimmy said that, told me this morning, he said he got a few this week, and uh, they were really encouraging. But keep sending those. Uh, it is a grueling, grueling summer for the staff who work um, at Fuge. They get hardly any break at all. They stay up um, around midnight or later, and they're up early, early in the morning um, serving, serving the Lord and serving these students. Um, so be in prayer for Shane. Send him a, a note of encouragement. I know that uh, he will appreciate that. And we're, again, we're just thankful um, to be able to, uh, to see young people from our, our church who have come up through our church serving the Lord. Um, so at this time, let's uh, go to the Lord in prayer. Lord, we do thank you for, Lord, for the opportunity to be able to serve you. Lord, we know that because of the work you have done in our hearts and in our lives, and Lord, saving us from our sin and changing our heart, Lord, as it says in 2 Corinthians, Lord, for those who are in Christ, we are a new creation. The old is gone and the new has come. And Lord, because you have changed us, Lord, you have put us on mission to share your love and your message to this world. And Lord, I thank you that we have the opportunity to be a part of that. Lord, I pray uh, for each uh, person here, for each member of this church, that we would all seek, seek where we, you would have us to serve. And Lord, we just thank you again for loving us. And we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, as we get ready to sing our song of meditation, um, as you already, most of you already probably know, this morning we have a special guest with us. Um, Thomas is no a stranger to us, Thomas Barber. Um, he will be bringing the word this morning. So, um, Thomas, uh, we are looking forward to what the Lord um, has for you. So we're going to sing this song. And when we're done with the song, I'm going to say a word of prayer. And then you come right on up. Um, and share with us um, what the Lord has laid on your heart. But if you would, uh, if everyone would, just stand with us as we sing Jesus. Carries my 
thank you for this time that we have today. Lord, I pray that as we hear your word, that you would speak to us through it. Lord, we thank you again in Jesus' name. Amen. This time, the children who are here for Children's Church will be dismissed. That work? Hey, that's loud. Sorry, I ain't used to, I ain't used to the little handheld things. It's been a while since I used the the hands-free things. It's been a while since I used one. I've uh, been using podium mics lately. It is wonderful to be here today. Um, very thankful for the opportunity to come share the word with y'all this morning. If y'all would uh, go ahead and turn in your Bibles. I hope you have it because we're going we're going to be looking at why this. It's so important. Why Scripture is so crucial to believers is what I want us to see this morning. But we're going to be looking at Matthew chapter 7. We're going to look at verses 24 through 27. Um, and when we get there, when you get there, we'll get started. But again, it's been, it's been a while since I've been able to come and speak to y'all, but it's a privilege to come back. I've been filling in and preaching at other churches and helping those that do not have pastors right now, so it's been a really good experience for me, kept me in the Word. Y'all y'all prepare yourselves, though, because I have had three weeks off to prepare for this one. So I only have about 18 references we're going to bounce back and forth to. Um, you don't have to flip to every one of them, but just be prepared to know that I'm, I'm going to be bouncing around a little bit up here. But if you would, let's stand for the reading of God's Word, and then I'll open this with prayer. Again, we're starting in Matthew chapter 7. We're going to be reading 24 through 27. It says, Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and acts on them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain fell and the rivers loose and the winds blew and pounded that house. Yet it did not collapse because its foundation was on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not act on them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain fell and rivers loose. The winds blew and pounded that house, and it collapsed. And it collapsed with a great crash. Let us pray. Dear Lord, we thank you for this day. We thank you for this time. We're able to gather and sing praises and worship you, dear Lord. I pray that you'll be with me this morning and give me the words to say so that your truths in, in your scriptures will be made clear to us this morning, dear Lord. That we'll know where we need to build upon. We know our, we'll know our foundations when we leave here, Lord. I pray that you'll just give me the words to say and let us all have open hearts and minds to be molded and made more Christ-like this morning, dear Lord. In your holy and precious name I pray. Amen. Alright, so... Pretty obvious, we're going to be talking about what our foundation is. Um, this has been something been on my mind. I've, every church I've been to and filled in at, this is something I, I feel that we are lacking is understanding why Scripture is so crucial to believers, so crucial to the church that it is our foundation. It needs to be so intric 
intricately entwined in our lives. If it's removed, we no longer would know what to do with ourselves. Scripture is going to be the only foundation we have that's going to remain. But when we talk about foundations, most of us, you know, we think about foundations for a house. We're going to dig, we're going to make a solid foundation, we're going to make it so when we build, a, build our house on that foundation, our house isn't going to tumble. I think, I think back to when I, when I started doing mechanic work, I had to build a foundation of knowledge. I had to learn mechanical skills, I had to learn how electrical systems worked, I had to learn the basics of hydraulics and build upon that. Because basic hydraulics sounds great. You use one component to move fluid through a line to another component, it moves. That sounds real simple. Then you start getting into relief valves, crossover relief valves, pumps, motors, pressure reducers, pressure uh, flow reducers, flow restrictors, flow amplifiers. There's all different things, and, but you have to have a base. You have to have something to build upon. We can look at nature, we can look at trees. You see how trees are growing. They, all we see is what is above the ground. We don't see the base, we don't see their foundation under the ground that may spread out further than the tree is wide at the top. Or pine trees that grow a taproot, goes way down deep, got just as much root in the ground as it does above the ground. We have to have a foundation. We have to have something that's not going to move, it's not going to change. And what I want us to see this morning from these scriptures is that God's Word is that foundation we can build upon that does not change. So first thing this morning I want us to see, of course, verse 24, it says, Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and acts on them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. But any of y'all that my mama would shoot me if I didn't point out there. There's a word right there at the very beginning that says therefore. But we need to go back and look at what therefore is there for. It's the reason it's put there. We have to look back at what was talked about before. What Christ was talking about on the Sermon of the Mount. So therefore we know, we understand these verses in their context. If you go back to verse 21, it says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one that does the will of my Father in heaven. On that day many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name, drive out demons in your name, and do many miracles in your name? Then I will announce to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, lawbreakers. And then we see, therefore... God's telling us, Christ is telling them, showing them, it's not just words, you can't just give it lip service, it takes action. Scripture is important. Doing what God tells us, doing what we're instructed to do through Scripture is an important basis we have to build upon. That's why He lets us know that even though you may say, Lord, Lord, you may claim Him as your Lord, if you're not following His words, if you're not staying in His Word, you're not, a, you're not following Him, you're not on a solid foundation, you're going to crash, you're going to fall, you're going to fall away. But as believers, we are to build upon the Word of God. We're to build upon the finished work of Christ as revealed to us in Scripture. We've got everything we need here to build a godly life. We've got everything in Scripture we need to guide us and direct us and keep us focused on heavenly things. And, of course, we know, of course, we saw that therefore, and then we, we know that the, the way is narrow. If you go back and look, entering the kingdom, verse 13 says, Enter through the narrow gate, for the gate is wide and the road is broad that leads to destruction. There are many that go through it. How narrow is the gate and difficult the road, the road that leads to life, and few find it. It's not going to be easy. It's not going to be an easy walk. The, being a Christian, being a believer, you're going to face persecution. You're going to face hard times. You're going to face opposition to your faith. That opposition is going to come from our own sinfulness. It's going to come from the outside world trying to get in, trying to turn us back from Christ. But we see, first and foremost, that we hear these words of God. We, Christ says, everyone who hears these words of mine and acts on them. Who hears the words of God? So Christ is God. 
He has the same authority as God the Father. Christ speaking is Scripture. Christ's words are unchanging. They're just like the Old Testament. He's saying them in the New Testament. It's just as, much po- just as powerful as God speaking through the prophets in the Old Testament. And we see in verse in John 1, 1, it says, In the beginning was the Word, the Word was God, and the Word was with God. We see Christ is the Word embodied. We see He is God's Word brought to life, put in flesh. We see He is the foundation we can build upon. When we think about this, we, God's Word is an important thing. There's, I was watching a video this week and an atheist made the claim, said, If you believe the Bible is God's Word and you believe it's all true, why don't you read it? That's an atheist asked that question. How many of us know our Bibles? How many of us, our Bibles are important enough to make sure we have with us when we come to the Lord's house if nowhere else? God's Word is important. Whether it's on your phone, I have apps I listen to. It's wonderful. Wonderful nowadays, you can turn that little contraption on and listen to it anywhere. You don't have to carry a paper Bible with you. But to have God's Word with you, to meditate on it, if it's not important enough to you, to carry into God's house on the Lord's day when you come to worship the one who give you His Word. If it's not important enough for you to have it on you at that time, it's not important. God's Word is our foundation. It's so integral to believers. We have to cling to that. We cannot cling to anything else. We saw in the verses this morning and several more throughout the Psalms that wisdom... Fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. If you read through Proverbs, which is, is an undertaking of, of mass proportions to really break down Proverbs in its entirety. There's a lot of information there, but a lot of it seems to repeat itself. It tells us the wise fear the Lord, the wise obey the Lord, the wise follow what the Lord says. Are we going to be wise? Are we going to be the ones who... Hear what God tells us. Hear the words of Scripture. Hear what's laid out for us from God and follow what He says. Are we going to be the ones that hear what it says and let it in one ear and out the other? Give it lip service and nothing else. And then, of course, it says the wise man built his house on the rock. The rock here, I want you all to go and look at 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 6 through 8. It says, for it stands in Scripture, See, I laid a stone in Zion and chose an honored cornerstone, and the one who believes in him will never be put to shame. So honor will come to you who believe, but for the unbelieving, the stone that the builders rejected, this one has become the cornerstone, and a stone to stumble over and a rock to trip over. It's talking about Christ. If you go back and look at verse 5, it says, You yourselves are a living stone, a spiritual house, built to a holy priesthood to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Because He is the cornerstone. He is the foundation that we can build upon that's not going to change. It's not going to waver. God's Word does not change from generation to generation. Different translations cannot change the true meaning of God's Word. It is the only thing that we can trust and build upon what it tells us. Luke 6, 46 through um, 49 tells us the same story. He's telling us the same story that we see Matthew lay out for us. We see here, Christ says, Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do the things I say? I will show you what someone is like who comes to me, hears my words, and acts on them. He's like a man building a house who dug deep and laid the foundation on the rock. Again, Christ Jesus is the rock we have to build upon. Christ Jesus is the Word. That's what I want us to understand. Christ is the Word incarnate. We're to build upon the Word. We're to build upon Christ. We're to build upon the rock of the church. We're to build our families. We're to build our relationships outside of the church, our our friends. We're to build all of that upon Scripture, upon what God has called us to do of sharing the gospel with those around us, proclaiming Him as Lord and Savior, proclaiming Him saving us from sin, and that those without Him are lost in their own sin. 
And then it continues on here in uh, here at the end of verse 48. It says, When the flood came and the river crashed against a house, it couldn't shake because it was well built. And the one who does not hear is like a man who built a house on ground without a foundation. So what I want us to see this morning is, as believers sitting under the preaching, the teaching of the Word, our preachers, our teachers, our Sunday school teachers, anyone we listen to that instructs us, instructs us in God's Word, it has to be founded in God's Word. It has to be backed up with Scripture. It cannot be our own thoughts, our own feelings, our own wants, our desires. It has to come from Scripture. If we're taking anything out of context, if we're taking it and, and twisting it and using one verse and not giving you the whole context so you can understand what God is saying in the big picture, then we're not doing what we're called to do. We're not building upon the foundation of the Word. We have to take it as a whole. And we know that Christ also said, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of the Lord. That's what we are to build on. That's what we're to strive on. We're to meditate. Wise men meditate on God's Word. Wise men study and read God's Word. They talk about God's Word. They discuss God's Word with other godly men. During Bible study, I, I like to use the term iron sharpen iron. Because when you have men and women and you, you have believers that are so entwined in the Word, so delved in that it's intertwined and that's all they want to talk about. That's what their desires are, is what God desires. Their focus is on what Scripture says. Their focus is on what God has called us to be. Are we those believers? Have we built ourselves on this Word? Have we built ourselves on God's Word so that we may not fall? We're going to get to that in a few minutes. We're going to get to what's coming. Why a solid foundation is so important. But first, we're going to look at the opposite end of that. We're going to look, we've seen a wise man, someone who's, who's got wisdom, is going to build upon the rock. They're going to build upon Christ Jesus. They're going to build upon His Word. They're going to expand and, and grow according to the Word. That's what their focus is. That's where our focus should be. Isaiah 28, 14 through 17 says... Therefore, hear the word of the Lord, you scoffers, who rule this people in Jerusalem. For you have said, We made a covenant with death, and we made an agreement with Sheol. When the overwhelming catastrophe passes through, it will not touch us, because we've made a falsehood of our refuge and have hidden behind treachery. Therefore, the Lord said, Look, I've laid a stone in Zion, a tested stone, a precious cornerstone, a sure foundation. The one who believes will be unshakable. And I will make justice the measuring line and righteousness the mason's level. Hell will sweep away the false refuge and water will flood your hiding place. That's pointing us to Christ. Christ is the cornerstone. Christ is the sure foundation. He's the precious cornerstone. He was the one tested. He's the one that stood against all evil. He's the one that fulfilled the law perfectly and made it so that we can obey, obey the commands of God as well through putting our faith and trust in Him, having the Holy Spirit indwell us and guide us and direct us in the way we are to walk and are to live and to grow us in the foundation of Scripture. And then again, there's a opposite. There's a different portrait of this. And it says, But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not act on them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. So if you look up fool, there's several references to foolishness, um, foolish actions. But if you, go to, if you get into the Psalms and especially the Proverbs, they have a lot of information about fools. And Psalms 53.1 is one of my, my go-to, especially, especially when I'm explaining sin to people. 53.1 says, The fool says in his heart, There is no God. They are corrupt and they do vile deeds. There is no one who does good. God looks down from heaven on the human race to see if there is one who is wise and one who does not seek God. All have turned away. All alike have become corrupt. There is no one who does good, not even one. 
Will evildoers understand? They consume my people as they consume bread. They do not call on God. They will be filled with dread, dread like no other, because God will scatter the bones of those who besiege you. You will put them to shame, for God has rejected them. Oh, that Israel's deliverance would come from Zion when God restores the fortune of his people. Let Jacob rejoice. Let Israel be glad. But we see that time and time again in the Psalms that a, tr a fool says there is no God. A fool says in his heart there is no God. And how much more so are you going to be made a fool if you sit under the preaching, the teaching of the Word? You sit under the Word week in and week out. You have pastors that are dedicated to preaching and teaching the true Word of God. You have Bible study teachers and Sunday school teachers and those that are in your life that are dedicated to sharing and teaching and growing in the Word and it goes in one ear and out the other. You're not building upon the Word. You're listening to it. You hear the Word. You know what it says and you let it fall to the wayside. How great a foolishness is that? How much more so does it say you don't believe there is a God if you hear what the Bible says, you hear what it tells us, you hear what everyone is proclaiming, and yet you do not act on them. You, you turn a blind eye. You, you go and do your own thing. You build upon something that's changing. and You build upon your emotions. You build upon how you feel about something instead of what Scripture says about it. That is where we're going to stumble. That's where you're going to fall. That's where you're going to fall into despair. You cannot build upon something that changes. You can look back through history. You could go to the beginning of the Bible and look the whole way through and see if anybody built upon something other than the Word of God, something other than what God had told mankind to do, it did not turn out well. They disobeyed. It would, it would, it would become worse. Or they would face hard times. They would face things that, that either they would turn back to God or they would be destroyed. We have to be active when we hear the Word. When I read that, the first time I read this, I, it didn't click about it talking about the fools that listen to the Word. People that may be sitting in church that aren't saved, but they listen to the Word. They hear the Word every week. Some people would even say that might apply to lukewarm Christians. You, hit, you hear the Word, you sit under the teaching, you know what it says, and yet you do not act upon it. That is foolishness. If you truly believe what the Bible says and you truly believe God is the one and only truth, the unchanging God, His Word is not going to change, He's not going to change, Christ isn't going to change, the Spirit isn't going to change, they're going to change us to match them. He's not going to change His will or His desires or His thoughts for what we want. He's not going to change it for what we desire. He, the Spirit, if we are true believers, is going to change us to what He desires. He's going to set our actions to fulfill His will. He's going to bring, a, bring His plan to fruition as long as we're obedient. And He's going to bring it even if we're not obedient. But we are called as believers to be obedient. But we are foolish. We would be a foolish people to sit here and not be obedient to His Word. Not be obedient to share the gospel with those around us. Not be obedient to share the gospel with those in Sunday school, and church. Those we come in contact with in our lives. God doesn't call us. He's not called us to be believers. He's not called us to faith in Him to just come in here, sit on a pew, come in, come in empty-handed with no thoughts, no wants, no desires, just come in, hear somebody preach, and go out. That's not what He's called us to do. If you're just coming in, hearing the words going out, it's not changing anything. You're not trying to be more Christ-like. You're not walking more like Christ. You're not putting your mind on the things of Christ. You're not meditating on the Word. You're not standing firm in His Word. Then that is foolish actions. We cannot be like that. We cannot be foolish. We cannot build upon something that's going to fail. We have to build upon the rock. We have to build upon Christ and His finished work and the words we have in Scripture. This is the only thing that doesn't change. Scripture is the only foundation, y'all. 
If you're trying to build a family, if you're trying to build a church, if you're trying to build relationships outside of Scripture, if you're trying to build them on worldly things, they're going to crash and burn. The only thing that's going to be sure is if it is built upon the Word of God. Where the Word of God is so intertwined, if it is removed, it no longer exists. That is how we need to be as believers. Because what I want us to see in conclusion is, depending upon what foundation you build upon, you've got hard times coming. Christ Christ told us, He said, the Son of Man has nowhere to lay His head. What are we to be any different? We're called to go take the gospel to all nations, making disciples of them. We're called to stand up for what truth is. We're called to take a stand for what Scripture says is right because it's not up to us, it's not our opinion, it's God who said what is right and what is wrong. We are to make a stand for that. But how do we know if we don't know the Word? And how can we prepare for what is coming? Verse 25 says, this is after the wise man has built his house on the rock, built his house on a solid foundation. It says, the rain fell and the rivers rose and the winds blew and pounded that house, yet it did not collapse because its foundation was on the rock. No matter what comes at you, if you have built your life upon Christ, if you have built upon Scripture, if you've built upon this solid foundation that's not changing, it's unwavering, it's going to be there, there may be damages. We have storms come through, it'll knock shingles off houses, it may bust windows, it may blow porches off, but most houses with a solid foundation remain. No matter what they face, no matter what may come their way, they they remain. We have houses from the 1700s still there because of a solid foundation. Do we have a solid foundation in Scripture so when persecution does come, because church, I believe we're headed in a direction where persecution is coming. We're headed in a direction we will no longer be as free and open to talk about Christ and Scripture and preach and proclaim from the pulpit the truth of Scripture because the world will consider it offensive. We have hard times coming. Are we ready? Have we got a solid foundation that no matter what gets thrown at us, we can stand firm? Or have we done like the foolish man? Have we built our house upon something that's not to remain, that's not permanent? The winds are going to come, the the rains are going to fall, the river's going to come up, and it's going to just wash it away. We'll fade away. We'll no longer cling to what we claim. We'll no longer claim it because it doesn't match what the world says. We'll no longer claim it because it'll cause us pain. It'll cause us turmoil. Are we ready to stand up for what we believe? Is your foundation solid? If persecution came today, would you turn away from it and agree with them and and relinquish everything you've ever heard because You've only been listening and you haven't acted on it. You haven't built upon it. You haven't grown in the Word. Or are you going to stand up for the truth of Scripture? Are you going to stand up against that persecution and say, even if it costs me my life, I'm not turning my back on Christ. He is my foundation. He is my strength. He's not going to waver, neither am I. Are we ready to do that? Are you ready to do that as an individual? Are you ready to do that as a church? Is the church ready to make a stand for what is right according to Scripture? Y'all probably watch the news more than I do. I I haven't watched the news really since 2019. But I hear enough through the grapevine, the church is going to have to make a stand. We're going to have to make a stand as individuals as well. We're not going to be able to come to church on Sundays and the church say, Scripture says this, this is what we stand by, and then walk out by ourselves and, oh, no, I don't agree with that now. We cannot be two-faced. We cannot have a forked tongue. We have to remain in God's Word. We have to remain in the only truth that doesn't change. It's not, it's not dependent on what we feel or what anybody else feels or thinks. It is only dependent on God and His righteousness. Is only dependent on Christ. 
if you have not put your faith and trust in Christ, if you don't have that solid foundation, please, please consider how sinful and wretched you, you are apart from Christ. Every one of us apart from Christ is a sinful, wretched person. But we have storms coming. We have times coming that the church is going to have to make a stand. It's going to cost us something to be a Christian. It's going to cost us dearly. It may cost us family. It may cost us friends. It may cost us money. It may cost us health. It may cost us our lives. But everything is worth it for Christ. He was undeserving of that death. He was undeserving to lay down His life for us. But He chose to do that so that we may be saved. He chose to pay for our sins. He chose to give us a solid foundation to build our faith upon. Are we ready to make that stand? Are we ready to, to say, I have a solid foundation, no matter what comes, no matter if the winds, the rain, the river comes up, any of that happens. If, no matter what persecution we may face, we're ready to make that stand. We're ready to face whatever the world may throw our way because God is greater than anything they have. Are we ready to do that? Do you know what your foundation is? Or have you built it in the sand? Is it going to wash away come, come the hard times? Be thinking about that this week. What is your foundation? What is, what is it that you cling to wholeheartedly? You cannot give lip service to fully trusting God and trusting in His Word. You cannot listen to it and let it go in one ear and out the other and do it your own way. God's way is the only way. God's foundation is the only one that's going to last. And as believers, are we ready to stand on it? Are we ready to stand up for what God says because we know His Word is true? We know that's the only foundation we actually have that we can stand upon and it lasts. Are we ready to stand up for what Scripture says? Are we ready to remain founded in His Word? Let us pray. Dear Lord, we again just thank You for this day. Thank You for this time I've been able to come and share Your Word. Dear Lord, I pray that You'll be with us all today that we'll... We'll seek ways to make sure we are rooted in your word, dear Lord, that we're focusing on you and the things you want for us, dear Lord. I pray that you'll be with us all this week. Help us seek out opportunities to fulfill your word and, and share the gospel with those around us, dear Lord. And I pray that you'll bring us all back at your next point hour. And in your holy and precious name, I pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Thomas, for that word. As our praise team is coming uh, for our time of invitation, um, I think of a scripture from 2 Timothy chapter 4 uh, where Paul has um, encouraged Timothy and challenged him to preach the word, um, to preach the word um, in full. And then in verse 3 he says, For the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching but have itching ears. They will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions and turn away from listening to the truth and wander off into myths. Now, I know uh, here at Piney Grove, Pastor Larry and myself, uh, we do as, as uh, best as we can to stay true to the word um, and stay diligent in the word. But as all believers, it is um, our responsibility when we hear the word preached and taught that we're in it for ourselves and reading it for ourselves. So as Thomas says, so that um, we are building our life on that foundation of God's word and the gospel. So this morning as we have our time of invitation, Lord, I need you. Um, we can't do any of this without Christ. We need uh, the Holy Spirit's leadership in our lives and in our hearts to even follow God. Um, so as we sing this morning, if the Lord's been dealing with you, um, now's the time to respond. Um, and I'll be here afterwards if you want to talk more about that or if uh, this morning you, you know that you have never followed the Lord, um, talk to me afterwards. I'd love to talk to you more about that. Um, so would you stand with us as we sing, Lord, I Need You.
Well, man, it's been good to be together today to worship, and uh, I would uh, uh, pray and challenge all of us today to be committed to God's Word, to be committed to living in this world that is more and more hostile towards God's Word. Look, even where we live today, we live in an area that if you say you believe the Bible and you believe in Christ, you're pretty much okay, but if you actually live that out, not so much, even in our own area. So I pray that uh, we would be uh, steadfast to do what God has called us to do, and that is to live for him according to his word. Um, so let's pray now as we dismiss. Lord, we thank you and we love you for loving us. And Lord, we thank you that Christ died on that cross for us, Lord. Lord, I pray that through the power of the Holy Spirit, Lord, that you would enable us to go out of this place Live the way you've called us to live, and that's on mission for you, proclaiming Christ to this world. We love you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen.